0: Welcome to Puck Talk CS, take two, lights, camera, action. Steve and I, this episode will be going over takes we had in the summer months, the beautiful summer months. Now, please, with the new season, subscribe to our website and the homepage to never miss our episodes. Every podcast will be sent in an email directly to you, Monday Fantasy Wire, Wednesday episodes every morning. This episode, we're going to dig into some of our brutal takes and some of the spot on takes we had from the summer steve take us away all right what's up chives what's Up, y'all let's
1: talk some puck let's talk some puck part two i can't wait to jump into this oh boy we got we had some hot flame and takes but first of all let's talk about the game of the week last week for for a quick second we had the knights versus the sabers and that was an interesting one chives we had we had the whole question. We had the conversation last time about Jack Eichel coming back. We all know that he's a player that thrives in these moments. He wants to be in those moments. And I don't blame him. I'd want to be in them, too. And he was welcome with the boos and he was booed every time he touched the puck. But yeah, he, he came out and scored three third period goals chives. How about that?
0: Yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong, right? I was like, he he was shook last time he came to Buffalo, but clearly he dominated this game. Uh, it's really cool to see how that's all playing out. Very similar to the whole Kachuk trade over the summer. Like, shook the hockey world. Now they have that one C Jack Eichel's popping, puts up a four-point game in a hattie. What, like, you couldn't ask for better if you're a Vegas fan. Now, the only thing I will say is my rebuttal for that super embarrassing uh, take last episode is that that Eichel wouldn't perform is that I took San Jose in our daily predictions, by the way, hit up that tab. If you want to see every single day, if you're a sports better, if you're a fantasy guy, check up our daily predictions. We're always throwing in who we think, who we think will win every single night in the NHL. I took San Jose over Vegas last night. Boom. They went Eichel score, by the way, but San Jose won. Give me my money. Bring me my money on that one. Um, I saw I saw the good in San Jose against Vegas, handing them their fourth loss of the season. But yes, Sabres starting to collapse. Vegas takes advantage. Steve, you peg Jack Eichel coming to town in Buffalo. And our next game of the week centers around another huge trade, which I just alluded to in Florida versus Calgary, which I'll be touching on in my takes later this episode. Steve, what do you think about this game? Oh, chives!
1: Now here it is. This is the matchup we've all been waiting for. I remember, listen, I remember in the summer night when this trade happened, I mean, right after we talked on a call for over an hour, a really disbelief of this trade, trying to break this down, trying to formulate our opinions and thoughts on this. And here we go. We're getting, we're getting a prime time matchup Saturday, Saturday afternoon, of what this matchup is going to be. And really, when you take a look at it, this is this has been a deal, the first of its kind in the NHL. And I can't wait. I can't wait to hear your take on who you got.
0: Yeah, you know what, Steve-O? It's got to be Florida. You know, we've already known that uh, I've talked about Matt Kachuk a lot on this show. In the episode where we talked about her takes, where we talked about how the season is going to play out. We've talked about the trade endlessly. I think the whole hockey world has really, right? So all we can really do is speak in our space in front of this microphone right now to you about what my thought is. And maybe some people will agree, some probably won't. I think the Panthers are gonna take this game. I think they're playing a little more of a complete game right now and the Flames are faltering a little bit. And again, this is something I'm touching upon later in this episode on a take I've had earlier. We talked about how, we talked about how, can, you know, Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Kadri fill the void of Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Hockey? And it's something that I think is going to play out the entire season and we're always going to circle back to. But right now we're circling back to it because it's the puck talk game of the week. And it's Sunday matinee fireworks. Matt Kachuk's going to play aggressively towards his former team. The Flames are off kilter right now. They're not doing as well as many had hoped. And Florida had started the season really rough, but since Spencer Knight and Sergey Bobrovsky have turned things around in net, It looks like the Panthers are starting to click a little bit and get back to that form they had last season where they were firing on all cylinders. Let's not forget that, even though they lost in the postseason in five to Tampa. Uh, This is this is another great matchup lined up for a game of the week, Steve.
1: Yeah. Now, listen, I agree with you. I I, I would give the edge to Florida going into this game, I think. That all signs have pointed pointed to them. As of lately, we kind of seen all the numbers go up. They've been playing well on the faceoffs. Their penalty kill's been doing much better. And I, I'd like to agree with you, but also at the same time.
0: We just your Calgary stand.
1: I am, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as big as I am on them as I was last year. And right now, you know, again, I, I don't want to keep bringing up the points you're going to bring up later, but. We saw in last week's game of the week, Jack Eichel come in and thrive in this situation. How about Hoodoo? How about some of these guys that were traded away? Let's see how they come in and do. And for that reason, I'm gonna say the flames. I'm gonna say the, the flames. And I can't wait next week to talk about and see, see how this one turns up in Encid Bay.
0: You know what, Steve O, while we're on it right now, let's 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 talk it out. Here's my take. I think, yeah, my take was, I think I was wrong, but I don't think I'll, I don't think we'll be wrong for long. Like, Huberto's got to turn it around, right? He had an 115 point season last year. So three, five, and two in their last 10, their roster is built to catch fire at some point this season. Like, that's what I truly believe. We're talking the flames here. Like, Jonathan Huberto, he has not arrived yet. Wouldn't it be poetic if his arrival for the Flames was against the Florida Panthers, right? Because of the trade, it would be poetic. But Huberto hasn't really played elite minutes. He was shelved in the third line by Sutter. And he's only played one game of 20 minutes of ice time. His last three, 14 minutes, 16 minutes, 16 minutes. At the beginning of the season, there was a stretch of four games in a row where he played 15 minutes of hockey a night. Mm for a star forward. That's that's not a great sign. That means he's not only struggling. Sutter's brought it up in a post-game conference before how he's waiting for Huberto to arrive. He's not playing to his strengths now. Nazem Kadri has been great, a great 2C addition, which we knew right in the offseason, but 12 points in 14 games good, just not as good as MacKichuk and Johnny Gaudreau at producing last year. But don't you think it'll turn around at some point?
1: you almost think it has to turn turn around at some point. And you look at Huberto, he's been awful. He's been, he struggled to make the, the most minor impact on five-on-five on five play. You look at five-on-five five play and you look at, his line mates, who he's playing with. Last season, he was, last few seasons, he was on. I, I think last season, he kind of took a little bit of a seat compared to the other seasons. But this year has been disappointing. I mean, you take a look, and he doesn't have a fit anywhere. You know, Lindholm, Toffoli, he played with them. And he's playing, He played alongside Kadri and Madripani. And he's all around, he's failing to generate offense together all across the board. And it's just... It's confusing. I think once they find him in his spot and he starts clicking, then he's gonna come on. And listen, there's no better game to do it than this game right here. But you take a look at what he's done, Chives. All of his points so far and his production have mostly been on the power play, which is not good as a as a hockey analysis. We don't like to see that. That's. I mean, it's good to see you putting up points in the power play. But again, those opportunities are not guaranteed. And that's showing me that he's struggling on five-on-five on five and he he has no chemistry right now. And he's somebody that's moved to a new team. I can think of a few other players, Um, uh, a player that he used to play with uh last season, but he's the player that was moved to a new team and he's just, he's been dead weight. He hasn't found that chemistry yet. I think he'll wake up, certainly. I mean, he's one of the top performers in the league you almost think he has to. But as of right now, Matthew Jachuk is, is is thriving in Florida. He's doing much better.
0: I do agree with that. Yeah, nothing seems to be going right, too. I mean, Markstrom in net has been an issue of two, eight, seven goals against an 895, 30 goals against on the season. And That's at this thriving. point last season, he had, a, he had four shutouts. So last season, it's November. He had a crazy run of four shutouts. He doesn't have one yet this year. So I think they're also having issues aside from just Jonathan Huberdeau alone.
1: Yeah. I I know that wasn't a hot take of yours, but I do remember we had a conversation um, on the air talking about uh, goaltenders. And I mentioned Jacob Markstrom. And I I remember you saying that you didn't call his last year a fluke, but I know that you weren't really big, particularly on him. And to me, he was surprising this season and, listen, maybe maybe he's not built to have uh, seasons like that every single year. You know, I, Only time will tell for that, but for me, that was kind of surprising.
0: Yeah, I think in Vancouver, he shocked many. He was kind of an underdog, really performed well for a team that for a few years didn't, and then they went on a run. Demko comes into the fold. He's struggling this season as well, but... They're not able to pay him. Where's he going? He wants that starting money. He proved it. He goes to Calgary, has a great first season, first half of the season, kind of falls off the rails a little bit, doesn't perform as well in the postseason, and that seemed to carry and linger a little bit. Goaltending's an art. It's tough mentally, and we'll see if he can turn around, if Huberto can turn around. Now, Steve-O, a team that's turned everything around as a franchise is the Detroit Red Wings. You pegged that pick. Steve, what was your thought process there, and how are they doing?
1: Yeah, well, I love this checking in on, on some of my hot takes now listen, some of mine uh, are kind of hard to grade at this point in the season but we can we can keep checking in and seeing like, how I am doing on pace to meet that And as of right now doing pretty well you know ring the bells where we stand on this but my prediction is kind of right on track now to r- remind you guys I had the Red Wings in, in being in a playoff position entering the last week of the season and my prediction is right on track right now I mean it's only been a month but the Red Wings are still hanging in there they're right in the middle of the pack uh, they're fifth in the Atlantic division they're seven five and three I think that. Th- you know, fifth in division is a little deceiving, though, because when you take a look at points; they're tied with Panthers, Lightning. They're only two points behind some of that, uh, some of the other teams up there. So right now, they're right in the middle of the pack, and they've really been busy recently. You know, they just shut out the Islanders uh, a few nights ago. They took a three-two overtime win against the Rangers back at MSG last week, and then they lost a the gimme shootout to to the Canadians, and then took a really an ugly loss to to the Rangers again. Uh, recently so they've been really busy and this is I remember really harping in on them and 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 I think that it would take them a few weeks to find their chemistry and and it kind of has but I, I I like what I'm seeing from Lucas Raymond I think he's I don't want to call it a coming out party but he he he's I think he had like three or four goals last week he has six goals in the past seven eight games he's been really dominant over the past week and he I like what I'm seeing from him I like what I'm seeing with his chemistry with Dylan Larkin I think together they've looked great I think their penalty kill has looked very good to start the season they've been seven for nine or seven for ten specifically I don't recall what it was but Just watching them, they looked great, Chives Penalty kill, for me, is one of the noticeable differences in this season. For me, they're more aggressive on the puck. They They take more chances than they did in past seasons, and they looked more patient. They looked more disciplined. I like what I'm seeing right now. They're on track to fit my predictions. Very quickly, though, let's talk about negatives for them. I think their power play has been a negative, you know honestly, quite frankly, it's been awful. I think they've been two for twenty or something like that in the past past two weeks. and converting for them has been an issue. and I, I'm kind of drawing similarities to the wild the last postseason when they played the uh, the blues. and you look at what happened for them, I mean, it ended up costing a big time. You know, it's very still very early on, but I think, Red Wings really need to focus on that play. I mean, you take a look at... We just talked about Huberto, who's killing it on the power play, and five-on-five is five, struggling. Red Wings complete opposite. Killing five-on-five five play, but then they're struggling on the power play. They could also, when you take a look at their knees, they can use a better a, a, a defenseman. You know, they can use a defenseman to get more success on the man advantage. I think they kind of lack a little bit of offensive production on the blue line. That's a little concerning for me. Um, but I, I think... You know, when the trade deadline comes, if they could snag, I know we're a little, little bit too early talking about the trade deadline, but if they could snag a defenseman to, help, to that will drive up and help the blue, lo- blue line and drive more offensive chances, I'd like that. But right now, I think they're looking good. They're in a good spot. Chives, I don't know how have you, if you have any opinions to add on them. If not, I know that you have a hot take of your own you want to revisit.
0: Yeah, so Dom Kubalik, balling, by the way, too, right? He was he was up for rookie of the year in 2019-2020 with 30 goals. And he's doing really well. And I think that, as you mentioned, looking for that power play quarterback at the trade deadline, we see teams do that every single year. The Toronto Maple Leafs pulling in Jake Muzzin. Now, that wasn't trade deadline, but that was a pickup. Kevin Shattenkirk in New York. Keith Yando in New York. John Klingberg in Anaheim. These are all moves to bolster the blue line. We saw TJ Brody coming for Toronto to shore up things on the defensive side of the puck. So time and time again, we see defensemen being pulled in. Jeff Petrie for the Devils, John Marino. So I think there's always in in the summer, the trade deadline you see, teams are always looking for that asset that can walk the blue line control. A lot of power plays today use a 1-3-1 system. And that's what they're trying to utilize uh, in Detroit. And they're going to need a better quarterback as most sighters still coming into his own. So the take I wanted to revisit, it's got to be about the Islanders. The Islanders were my pick as a wild card. Talk about a playoff team for Detroit. The Islanders are looking like they'll be in the postseason. And they're at a 10-6-0 record right now. They're second in the division, 8-2-0 in their last 10, 53 goals for Sorokin, 7-4-0, one shutout, a 932. That's good for fifth in the NHL. And a 217 goals against. That's third for goalies who have played 10 plus games. Their highest point score, though, is Brock Nelson with 17 points. That's good for 28th in the league. Not great. Noah Dobson, fourth in goals by a defenseman with four goals, two of them game winners. I said wildcard. And with 66 games remaining, they look like they can sustain at least the two wild card, even if the wheels fall off before April, right? Like most of these teams, there's going to be a point where they lose a stretch of games. And it, it's like a, it's like a story. It's like a narrative film, you know, Batman in the Dark Knight. He's at his lowest. Like in, in the Dark Knight Rides, like he's literally in a pit. That happens most of the time. You see teams that go two and six and eight. And you're like, oh man, the wheels are falling off. But guess what? Because they won more games than they were expected to, or because they won so many games above average, above 500 for a stretch, it's able to sustain them. They're four wins above that right now. Five, actually. So that's my apologies. They played a game last night. So they're 11-6-0. They're five games above 500. They can afford to drop a few if they go one and three in a four-game week. They can afford that. And they've earned that. So I think the Islanders are another team that I called to make the playoffs in similar fashion to how you called Detroit. steve there's another take you have that you pegged, and it's something that is always controversial because of the way the media handles the players. They started off the season very cold. I thought this was going to be the one that sank you. Toronto, a first-round playoff team? Yeah,
1: first of all, I, I love that analogy you brought up uh, of Batman. That's, that's analogy of the month right there. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to chip in really quick uh before I get to the heavy hitter right here. But I gotta say, I you know you know my take. Everyone knows my take if you've been listening. I was wrong about the Islanders. I didn't I didn't think that they I thought they would be hanging out towards the bottom. And I think to me it's been impressive so far. I mean, you take a look at it, they've had six or had six or five players more than than five or more goals and and they've been beating good teams too they scored six goals against carolina they scored five goals against colorado they've been playing really good so i i i was wrong on that i know that that wasn't one of my hot takes but that was just one of my takes in general all right let's move along to toronto here i know that this is like this is a heavy question right now. And I, I, if you're a Toronto fan, I'd love to hear your take on this. But mine was Toronto will win a playoff series finally. Now, listen, the first step to, to me being right on that is Toronto has to make the playoffs. And we all know they got off to a tough start. But listen, right now, it seems to be all right. They currently are second in the Atlantic Division. They're 9-5-3. and three. And from two weeks ago up to this point, they woke up. And both of us are kind of agreed on that. We knew that they would. They have the offense capability. We're seeing everybody contribute there. And they're playing pretty well. And, and to me right now, I obviously can't, I can't agree if I'm right or I'm wrong on this take. But I'm right on track. Um, I think the Leafs right now, at t- at this point, up to Wednesday, November 16th, they are right on track. Um, now, let's, you know, since we're talking about this, let's analyze a few things. And I'll I'll bring up two points that will kind of hurt them. And for me, again, the same one is is this is the same point we've been talking about all summer long. We talked about them uh, when we did our Leafs heavy episode, and it's their goaltending. And we obviously know that Simsonov is out with a knee injury. He doesn't have a, t- a timetable for his return. But how about this, Chives? Matt Murray, he was injured. He came back, and he, of course, we talk about stories and, and stuff that's being fit. And how about this making his first start in, for Toronto against the team he won back-to-back Stanley Cups with earlier in his career? And it was kind of a little bit of a roller coaster. He allowed two goals in less than two minutes early in the second period. But otherwise, he was kind of sharp. And he picked up his first win as the Maple Leafs. So he kind of looked pretty well. Now, of course, as a Toronto fan, you'd love to see this, him coming back and him thriving, especially against uh, a team that he won two Stanley Cups with. But again, we know that Murray's going to get a chance to lock down the number one job for Toronto. But the question is, will he stay healthy? Of course, that's the one big
0: if. You
1: think he's going
0: to stay healthy, Chubbs? Listen, steve you seem to be the clairvoyant out of the two of us. But yeah, I think what the key is, is no matter what happens with Murray's health, the Maple Leafs are stringing together moral victories. We've seen the moral defeats, right? We saw the Marc-Andre Fleury save the next game. They lose to David Ayers. That really takes the wind out of your sails, even if you're first in the division. Right now, what they're doing is they're, they're digging out wins, character wins. Murray's winning his comeback versus the team he played for and won two cups with, right? Like he comes back from injury. The narrative his whole career is that he gets injured. He gets injured. Guess what? As an athlete, he can't really help that, right? You can't fault the man for being injured. It's his physique. And goaltenders, this is what happens to them. The more they're injured, especially soft tissue injuries, injuries that linger, makes it more difficult to compete. He's showing resiliency there and Tavares scoring his 400th career goal. He's taking a little bit of flack as captain. He's had a few unfortunate run-ins with the Corey Perry knee to the head in the playoffs that took him out of the 2020, uh, 2021 bubble. I think that they're, they're having moments of character and having moments of personal successes that are going to, help the team out like Tavares scoring his 400 goal that's feel good he had the hatcher against the Flyers in four-point game last week that's feel good it brings you back Austin Matthews scoring the game winner against the Boston Bruins the undoubtedly best team in the NHL right now that brings him into the fold now where he was present but not at the rate he was last season before that game it's bringing those key pieces back to where they are and where they can be. So I think that's what's important for the Maple Leafs right now. Now yeah. I touched upon the uh, Bruins, steve My call was that they would struggle out of the gate. Everyone's was though. So I think it's a facepalm here, but Vegas, as in the casinos, baby, as in the odds makers, had them at 0.0% chance to go to the Stanley Cup final. Now they're 11.1. 1. Lindholm, 17 points. I mean, notable stats here. Uh, Lindholm, they pulled in as a defensive partner. And when McAvoy was injured, 17 points in 16 games. Bergeron, 15 points in 16 games. By the way, you see the classy act he did with Tage Thompson the other night. Like, how can you hate that guy? Love it. Taylor Hall, three game winning goals. Omark is 11, 1 0, a 196, one shutout, and a 936. So the Bruins struggling out of the gate with something I think everyone was. Looking at it and said, wow, they have some injuries to some key players. They'll probably struggle. And boy, they've blown everyone away. Steve-O, I want to talk about one take that, boy, is just brutal. I know Kevin Weeks had said it as well on uh, SVP two weeks ago. But the Blues, I call them as Western Conference Final. Right now, they're last in the league with two point four goals per game. They're last in the league in goals per game. Oh, painful to say. I love their offense. They had a historic seven game losing streak and Bennington looked sharp early, but fell off the rails again. The team's collective between all the goaltenders they've employed the season, including their starter in Biddington, an 885 save percentage. Now the rebuttal here is that they won their last three games and they won a game against the Colorado Avalanche. That's pretty big. As the Avalanche have been coming into the fold here, but those two takes were my worst. That is my I'm Batman. I'm Bane. Just you know, uh, beat me up in Gotham, and now I'm in the middle of the desert in a in a hole. The that's that take the Blues and Bruins take. Steve-O, what are your thoughts on the Blues? What are your thoughts on Boston? Yeah, I think the Blues were more interesting
1: to me. I mean. From- if you're a Blues fan, you're screaming if you're looking at the standings, seeing the – you guys, are, they're down below the Coyotes at this point. That's ouch. Because that is not where you guys thought, whether any of us thought the Blues would be. But listen, a couple positives, and I think you mentioned one of them. I mean, they're on a three-game winning streak. And you look at Jordan Bennington. I think we all know he struggles last year and the rise of Rousseau. But I I trust this guy. And listen, this could be a hot take in itself. But I I like what I'm seeing from Jordan Bimington. And I think that he that he can turn things around. I really do think that. Now also the blues, I think, are one of these teams that where they need to find their click. They need to move, they need to move guys around and and see what works best for them. From these ra- these last three games on this win streak, Ryan O'Reilly has woken up. Kyrou has woken up. He's scoring again. How about a guy like Brandon Saad coming up and playing too? So I think they have the players. You take a look at the top their top three lines. It really, really isn't that bad. They have, and again, this is one of the teams that went out, and they decided they picked their teams, and and they they said, you know what? Guys like Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Um, these are our guys. These are our. These are going to be Barbashev. These are our guys. We're going to trust into them, but not only that, but we are going to commit long term to them. And this, I, I think, they just listen. They're kind of I, they bended here to start the season, but by no means are they officially broken. I they could be on a team. And how about this, Chavez? This could also be a hot take, too, but I still think that your take could still be accurate. It's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough. But I think that this is a team that could still get the luck of the puck and drive, and (laughs) this could be a team that gets the luck of the puck, and listen, they get that luck of the puck, (laughs) they could be right back up there in in the top of the standings.
0: (laughs) Steele, I love it, man. All right, here's here's another thing I just noticed. I pull up in and stats. Right, this is the tell here. He's won his last three against San Jose, but more importantly against Vegas and Colorado, two of the best teams in the league. His save percentage. Listen to these cracked out numbers: nine hundred against San Jose, a nine forty four against Vegas, and a nine fifty seven against Colorado. Wait, Steeple, ready for this one? Even even crazier. Shots against. Okay. Since they played Boston where they lost and he allowed three goals, 37 shots against in Boston, 30 from San Jose. Okay. Next two against the two of the best teams in the league, Vegas, 36 shots against. This one floors me. 47 shots against from Colorado. The best offense in the league, right? Arguably Colorado Avalanche, Boston Bruins, or Vegas Golden Knights. He faced 37, 36, and 47 shots against those teams. And he only lost one of those games. He won two of them back-to-back, November 12th, 14th. So actually, Bennington is kind of coming back. We'll see what happens with the Blues, and I know we're going to be checking in on these later in the season.
1: I know, and I can't wait. And that's why I'm saying I don't think Bennington is a problem because I actually – I did catch a little bit of that Blues-Avalanche game the other night, and Bennington did – he played really well. I mean, Avalanche almost got 50 shots on him. I really don't think – you read the numbers – those numbers are fantastic. So I Bennington is not the problem. To me, it's more of the offense, defense. I, that's something that I remember bringing up in the beginning, in the off season, beginning of the season when we talked about the Blues. That's an issue for them. But I really, I think they could turn it around. I think they could turn it around. But like you said, that remains to be seen. I can't wait to bring up, bring up uh, all the other takes that we had and 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 revisit some of these but listen you will not know when we drop these out if you are not subscribed so please 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 subscribe to our website it's very simple all you got to do is put your email in on the subscription tab you'll get an email confirming your subscription and that way you will you will be kept in touch every time we drop a fancy wire we drop an episode, where we drop any other content. And trust me, we got some flaming cl- collaborations coming up here. So that's something you don't want to miss. Also, be sure to email us at pucktalkcs at gmail.com. DM us on the Instagram. Let us know your take on some of these hot takes. Was Chives right? Was I right? Let us know. We want to know. You know us. We'll be open to the discussion. Let us know. please. Enjoy everyone and always remember, it's just the luck of the puck.